0: And doing Welcome back to a Hamster with a blunt pen knife. I am still here with the wonderful Colin Neal. Hello, Colin.
1: Hello, thank you for having me back on part 14 and not getting another podcaster in instead and re- to rewrite what I've done in part 13 as well. Uh, so
0: at the he's end of that, I said
1: he was going to pop off and leave me
0: to do episode 14 <laughs> on my right. own. I'm pleased you're here. <laughs> I'm withdrawing
1: I'm withdrawing my part thirteen commentary because I've had a falling out with you. Oh, okay. So, oh due no. to um, due to the Doctor Who production office. The... Um, <laughs>
0: I, um, um, how do you feel after that uh, reef of revelations about Ravelox, the Doctor, the Matrix?
1: I think it's a really good story. It's like you're picking up stuff from um, the first four episodes that was sort of like throw away at the time but shows what a bunch of bastards the time lords are um i you know i always think there's been a a possibility somewhere for someone to pick up and go who were the three sleepers and that whole kind of heist of the matrix I think that would be an interesting thing to uh to cover but um, you know, there's not a massive payoff for that, but there is a payoff as to, you know, um, a little bit. I, I feel like it's it's still not entirely clear. Like, why would you like move a planet because someone's hacked your computer and stuck some tapes down there? I
0: mean, it does seem like an extreme reaction, <laughs> but what we learn in stories like <laughs> Underworld that the time laws can, you know, do extreme things um to cover their tracks
1: and how how are you feeling after it
0: well after what you just said there i'm astonished given the vast engine of stories like spin-off media of doctor who when you think of all the comics all big finish all the novels that we had in the 90s nobody told that story of the sleepers
1: well that, that was my thing it was uh you know if i was ever to be asked to write anything it would be called the three sleepers Um, Colin is available for any
0: medium that you like um, or get his details after the show (laughs) Let's skip into because this is an extended episode, isn't it? They got an extra five minutes and I can see why Pip and Jane needed it There wasn't quite enough escape escape capture with 25
1: They they wrote this in three days I think
0: And I think I messaged you, didn't I, before this to say that given the production nightmare it is astonishing. This is as good as it is. It is. Yeah. Let's, expl- let's explain why. Um, let's go. I will count as in then in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Before we start, I have a confession to make. Um, okay. So one of my kinks in life is Pip and Jane dialogue. I love it.
1: <laughs> no, I think it, I think it taught me a few words. Uh, I bet it did. <laughs> uh what what was the what's the one in um where she he's in the he's in the gym? I yes, Mel, if you could lead me to my solitary peregrinations.
0: Anti-deluvian uh, I learned from Pip and Jane. Anti-deluvian. Yeah. and uh,
1: it's like it was only a bromine. It's like what I learned what, what a Judas Goat was.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. Oh god, there's so right. many. And there are <laughs> some like fabulous tongue twisters in this. <laughs>
1: Make a bike mode, and we'll
0: get to that. I love the fact that Lip, uh, Glitz comes along and grabs his spats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's his ankle armor. That's it. Sorry. That's it. Ankle armor. That's
1: funny.
0: Oh, that costume. Would you have kept him in that costume? Say, say you made that choice to put him in that costume in the Twin Dilemma where his mind is erratic would you have then at the end of the twin I said you know what i'm gonna go back to the wardrobe room and put on something a bit calmer
1: completely completely it was a total complete i mean i understand the concept they were trying to make the the regeneration sort of go wrong and you're not quite sure and that's that's you know that's been re- revisited if, um briefly once or twice but I, I um you make it watchable right don't, don't yeah don't don't make it uh, a parody of itself well, it, for no reason. I mean, it's alienating like
0: casual viewers because they'll turn on and just think, "Oh, well, the doctor's a clown." This? You know?
1: Yeah. No long black coat. I mean, like I, I, I learned I learned this a, a phrase or a description on something last last week. Something called bounding, and that's where you're cosplaying someone, but you're not you're not exactly make you're not making an identical costume okay so um so i i know that i bound i'm bounding peter capaldi's costume because i have a long black um uh, overcoat and a hoodie and sort of black spotted t-shirt and stuff like that and that's how i like to dress when i go out I uh, like to so, uh, but i would not do that with this <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: but i have seen a- astonishing cosplays of
1: Colin Baker's coat. Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah. Conventions. There's a couple of people that that, that do that do do it. And I'm like, no, I wouldn't
0: do that. A dear, a friend of mine, uh, Jason Miller, who uh, did a comment. He's done a couple of commentaries now. A friend of his dressed up as Colin Baker for a function, and they had to go into like a service station cafe, <laughs> and he was just mortified. I'd rather go as the Ballyard. Look at that costume.
1: Yeah, that's. That's, uh, you know, black that's more me. And, that, and This is why I think, you know, Colin Baker in black would have, you know, from Attack of the Cybermen onwards, would have, would have, you know, saved the show. To, what what does that mean? Did like you that. see
0: that bit of dialogue there? Only from releasing myself from the misguided maxims.
1: I, I, no, one, no one's <laughs> going to understand this. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> as, I said, as I said you know if they recorded it if they wrote this in three days yeah. it probably just went mad at the time writer so.
0: but they do keep up the what's an illusion and what's real don't they like so they do play with that for quite some time and I think um, it is later so sorry, well, I'm going to it now there's a terrific set piece in the middle of this that the Doctor plays along with um, where he thinks, oh, yeah. he thinks he's going to his death uh, which is a terrific set piece like really, it is. beautifully directed it's a great
1: idea as well i think they have they done that stuff before anyway we'll get to it
0: and he gives colin baker the chance to be extremely theatrical which obviously he is masterful at
1: it's got so many twists it's a shame um Probably.
0: the inquisitor doesn't get much more to do isn't it i kind of wish he'd gone in there as well that's a great point
1: yeah Why did they trip over Mail like that? That was extreme. Yeah. Isn't she going the wrong way as well? Oh, or oh, he's moved or something. So there's a now, show. This is, this is interesting. Um, is that when Sasha Dewan's master comes back, mm. uh his TARDIS looks a lot like this TARDIS on the outside. Oh, do you remember that? It does. Yeah, outside the place. Very exactly. very when wicked Witch of the West. That's right.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't realise that until recently. I know this is the thing that always always bugs me when I'm watching these, is they just they just paint yeah. different colours and then paint it back. I like just like I know, of course. I mean, that's how you can do things, but it's like I don't wonderful. know though. Like in
0: Mark of the Rani they bothered to give her a, like a, her own console room, didn't they? And it I was like that. I like that. Console it was room. gorgeous. Whereas, uh, and it's so obvious as well. oh the Masters, the evil one, so he's got a black tie. He has to be black. Yeah there's a shot in a second okay where it's one of those moments where like if you turned on you would never watch doctor who again and it's when the colored lights are flashing on colin baker's face and he looks like he's had a lobosomy
1: <laughs> here we go Look, all of that painted black a- apart from the console because we like well we can't be asked with that why didn't they just turn the lights off yeah, I'll just put some other bits in
0: but... oh
1: this okay this um
0: comedy villainy over... between sorry, these sorry. Two, sorry this comedy villainy between these two is just yeah survived. the whole thing about the gold in the chest you're still not sure with glitz you're still not sure which way he's gonna jump
1: and I like that I like that I th- I, I think he becomes too much of a cuddly character yeah considering what you said earlier about him like the first shot you see of him is him looking down a gun at the, at, the do- at, um, at the doctor. That honestly looked like Ronald McDonald at a rave then, didn't
0: it? <laughs> but here, here we're back on location. It's it's a night shoot. The atmosphere's back. Hurrah. I
1: love it.
0: I love the idea of the quill pens as well that, that explode. They explode, yeah. So, okay, think back to Young, Colin now. Yeah, it's a long
1: time ago.
0: Did you guess that Mr. JJ Chambers or No, no, Mr. Popplewick, sorry, was the Valiard? I
1: can't remember. <laughs> I don't think I was I don't think I was smart enough to figure that shit out.
0: <laughs> it fooled even Pip and Jane, you know, in the documentary they say that Michael Jason came up to them wearing the mask and they started chatting to him as if he was Jeffrey Hughes.
1: <laughs> For real. <laughs> Wicked.
0: Honestly, if you get if you get time, listen to the Pippin' and Jane commentaries. They are okay. awesome.
1: That's great. Really, are a second-rate adversary.
0: Do you imagine I'd be lured by such a transparent ploy? So he's having a lot of fun as well. I don't know. I, yeah. like, I like villains that are <laughs> enjoying their evil.
1: I think Michael Jason's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Do you think he feels like we a are, man as well I,
0: who's been let off the leash? Like he's been stuck in that... Courtroom. Yeah, no, now I
1: can. Yeah, I've been quite restrained in this courtroom, but now I'm going to throw feathery bombs with
0: people. Oh, poor gliss. Oh, so here we go. This is this is the doctor about to be taken off to his fake trial. So I think this is their extra five minutes. This is 30 okay. minutes long, and they have a whole set piece which tries to convince you that the doctor's being condemned and he's gonna be for some reason thrown in the matrix because you know, guess that's what they do with time law
1: prisoners. I think this is pretty clever. Because we've just we've just seen Mel not leave the courtroom. Yeah. But there's like, you know, ten minutes later she could quite easily have left the courtroom.
0: And and they're they're playing it for real, aren't they? It's not like there's a wink to the audience, like you know,
1: this isn't real. Any minute, I think it, any minute now, does it? Oh yeah, yeah, here we go.
0: But the um the piece of evidence that Mel slips that she couldn't possibly know is such a stretch. How he knows? Do you remember?
1: I don't quite remember. She goes, um, she goes, uh... um,
0: oh this uh, that charge was refuted by the doctor, and he's like, well, you weren't in the courtroom when I said that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I really like Mel's look, you know, in this.
1: Certainly... Yeah, there should have been more of more of the two of them. Oh,
0: have you heard their big finishes?
1: I've heard a few. I think there's there's one where they um is it maybe it's the wrong doctors uh, the, or something like
0: that. Is that the one where they try and tell Mel's story
1: after this? I think so, because yeah. that's that's what Pip and Jane tried to do very briefly at the end of the book of the ultimate foe, I think. Oh really? The kind of of had, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I just heard that they try and address the fact that he's not met her yet. And, um, but in that big finish, they I think he doesn't he drop her off That's and right. says, All right, I'll see you when I see you or something. Uh, and then
0: there's another hymn there as well. It all gets very confusing. There's two males, two doctors. And and
1: they play it differently. Yeah it's
0: good. I think that my favorite one with the two of them is the one doctor where they're up against christopher biggins it's just that's very funny glorious. that one it's a massive parody of doctor who but it is very very funny we just saw a little bit of. i uh, love
1: it i love this line here the truth can't harm me um i actually i sometimes use that just like yeah whatever
0: yeah, i say said that quite a lot in real life, actually, you know, like, i just, yeah, told, uh, that's it. It's, it doesn't make me popular, but I told the truth.
1: Yeah.
0: Trust me, it can harm me, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, that's another podcast. Uh... <laughs>
0: um, the Confessions of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's
1: right. Time Lords Mumbling Ascent. That's what the subtitles
0: are saying. So, okay, there's a behind-the-scenes story that genuinely one of those actors playing the Time Lords dropped off during the shooting because they are in that hot studio. And uh, Jane Baker, it's like John Nathan-Turner, was on the set saying, will you wake that Time Lord up?
1: (laughs) (laughs) They do
0: look like they are past it. I mean, it is a thankless role. They've been sitting up there for... What, 13 episodes?
1: I'd do it though. Yeah, I'd be happy to be an extra doing that because I get to see all of that too. That's true. Being made. Yeah, that's true.
0: And you know, they're getting a fee it's just for sitting there, not saying any dialogue and mumbling every now and again. Look at Colin Baker here. He is loving this play acting at being. Um, exactly. Like,
1: he knows what's going on. And this, this is great. Oh, a trial within a trial. not quite sure. It's like, oh. It's, it's so many different layers to this. It's, I mean, it's not... one of those
0: things, you know. If they hadn't have done this, you would have asked, why didn't they do a trial within a trial? That would have been such a clever idea.
1: Yeah, he's deliberately. Imagine taken... if they did it again now, like in, in five minutes' time. <laughs> well,
0: like, oh, that's basically what Stephen Moffat did with Last Christmas, right? It was just, it was a story within a yes. story within a story, but it just went on and on. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I love that. Right, I I that's of it. one it's of my favourite Christmas specials. Oh, mine too. All right, well, all right. that's another that's another one. We'll talk, we'll talk. <laughs> yes. <it is. laughs> and look, I love this. Male with agency. Like we've suffered Perry now for two years being the you know, the sexual being desire of everybody in the universe.
1: Completely, completely. Yeah, no, she and this is why I want uh wanted to just, just, we should have had more stories with her. Because again, I think, you know, she's she has some agency in the, the Sylvester era, but I think this kind of goes back a bit after this. Yeah,
0: something happens between those two seasons, don't they? And she is almost in victim mode, mode a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Now
1: we need to make her a victim again, you
0: know. Whereas I love the fact that with um, Colin, Colin Baker's Doctor, well, Bonnie Langford is so over the top, there's no way he can best her. So he has to bring it down. And he's lovely. In the two stories he's with her, he's so charming.
1: Yeah, completely.
0: This is so funny. It's a far, <laughs> far better thing than I do than I have ever done. She should have got up to him and been like, oh, you terrible ham.
1: Yeah, you've been copying William Shatner from Star Trek II.
0: Instead, do you remember her line about Sydney
1: Carton heroics? <laughs> what? I don't even know what... <laughs> I don't, I don't like... even know what, that... I don't know what that is I'll have to look that up you're not sign... that another Pip and Jane thing you're not signing on as a martyr yet it's like okay as an <laughs> 11 year old you've got to decode what's going
0: on uh, but good look, for them though. and what's brilliant is we've seen, clearly seen this is fake and he's like you know it explains the plot just in case you didn't realise when it pulled back from the screen what was going on here we go oh yeah so hang on hang on okay i've got a question for you at the end of episode oh good grief Tr- uh terror of the bird voice i can't remember yeah the, episode. the doctor is charged with genocide right so you yeah. wiped out an entire species that is actual real evidence and at the end of this they just go oh doctor all charges against you are dropped really
1: oh uh, oh god okay um so two things on that one i'm sh- i've got a feeling they talk about it a bit more in the extended version okay. on the blu rays they may talk a little bit about uh, more about it when, it when it comes back from the um when it goes back in, into the start of the episode i might be imagining that um i'm fairly certain if in real life there was a,
0: a trial yeah and someone had murdered a bunch yes. of people and then there was a bomb in the trial room and the guy went, oh my god, there's a bomb, everyone get out that person would still then be trialled for murder
1: I mean, or, or is it that the Matrix has been so uh, twisted that they couldn't really be sure to convict him of genocide without, because they you know, they they'd have to absolutely be sure what he was going to do because he is in his future.
0: I want you as my defense counsel, all right?
1: <laughs> it's oh. so great they, they went into, went to this location because it's it's the real deal.
0: I love Can't the fact when they actually take the Mickey out of mail scream here. It's like, don't go through oh,
1: that yeah. ah, door. Yeah.
0: Like, how much truth was there to that story that she was hired because she could scream in the note of the title sequence?
1: Just a coincidence, right? She's a, you know, another J and T celebrity hire type thing. What was that behind that door? <laughs> what, what is behind that door? behind that door? I don't know.
0: <laughs> but in like, on all seriousness, do you think Mel is quite
1: refreshing after Perry? I I I didn't at the time. Uh, I what I was like. Oh, she is a bit sh- shrieky. Uh, but now watching it now, yes, absolutely. This is this is um, a companion that is interested, interesting, and wants to be there. Uh, where you know, Harry was just went through a horrific time. <laughs> you know, and that's also you know that 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 can be a character arc for someone to go through something. You know um, the. The universe is a pretty horrific place um with uh,
0: with perry i would say that we needed a few more scenes of her saying do you know what i'm I'm not sure if i want to do this anymore like
1: (laughs) yeah we'll We'll get get to her resolution at at the end of the episode
0: it's so refreshing that i mean because body language is really attractive But it's so refreshing that she's never really treated as, like, a a figure, like a sexual object, you know? It's good. And this is great. This is that old
1: master trick, isn't it, of peeling off the the fake face. Which I think I've seen goodness knows how many times in the last few days on the Season 8 box set.
0: You seem to be suggesting that the Master was
1: overused in Season (laughs) 8. Maybe. (laughs) It hasn't turned up in Colony in Space just yet. Um, Because I've not seen it. I've I've never actually seen it all the way through, so that would be a spoiler, if you tell me. Have you not? Is there genuinely Doctor Who stories that you've not seen through? I've not seen... Any much stuff pre Pertwee, and that in colony in space is probably the only Pertwee I haven't quite seen the way through. Word. Well, then I so know. you're going to kick me off this podcast? No, no,
0: no, no, no. It means I want to get you on to do one of those stories to get okay. A, well, we do. We, we could do a
1: one, we could do a live uh, for the first time. Me watching, I don't know the Dominators or something. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> do you know, of all the stories to choose. Oh, I wasn't I was just writing. Who knows? I've
0: never seen it. um, It's a, it's a bit like a gay sitcom, The Dominators. <laughs> okay, that's great. If that floats your boat, we're there. I love uh, Have you
1: heard that's my Doctor Who idea. sitcom idea? Oh, tell me. It is. Um, uh, it's an actual sitcom starring Russell T. Davis and Stephen Moffat, <laughs> who live together in a house, um, and the ghost of J and T is in the attic. Uh, Chris Chibnall lives next door, along with Penelope um, Keith and Penelope Wilton, um, who are their neighbours on the other side. So it's kind of like the good life um, meets this life or something like that. Not
0: only does that sound perfectly plausible. Because
1: the the reason I know it will work is because if you follow Stephen and Russell on Instagram, they are both having yeah. a laugh all the time with each other. It is gold.
0: I will never that's forget that. when Day of the, Day of the Doctor uh, came out and Rusty gave that interview, like, digging at the end and going, what, really? Every Dalek shot every other Dalek? <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> anyway, the ultimate foe. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's the other thing. We, we, oh, we yeah. are getting to the riveting conclusion now. Okay, We are. It's going so quickly. And do you know what they're about to hey. expose? I'm sorry? They're about to expose the megabyte modem.
1: The megabyte modem, which he doesn't quite say no to. He's, it's like, oh, it's a megabyte modem. And he and it says, amazer, not no now. <laughs> what, what, what the hell are you on about?
0: <laughs> like you said, three days, three days. <laughs> yeah, <Wow>. no, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know where yeah. technology was at this point. Was a megabyte modem like uh, an like,
1: incredible I? piece of technology? Well, a megabyte, so... Um, so most internet speeds we measure today are megabits so Mm -hmm. that would be the equivalent of a 10 megabit internet connection which I don't think you really had until the, the end of the last decade really so I think Pip and Jane just kind of Extrapolated. Took it to took it to his like its furthest extreme. Or, yeah, exactly. The
0: furthest extremes of there pe- imagination. Not a
1: petaflop modem, no but uh, a <laughs> you know megabyte sounds quite big, doesn't it? Generally? Yeah, we yeah, okay. we
0: don't need more
1: complicated words, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, how at... how would you put that on underneath? Oh, just Come about on. to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Without oh, the doctor knew it was him all the time because the shoulder pads still stuck out a little bit. What is the grand green girl as well? It's like. <sighs> I, one day I will actually try and make sense of what's going on.
0: You, you need to take a Pippin James script, all. grab a dictionary like Colin Baker says, and and decipher the whole thing.
1: Yeah. I know. I've got a modem with two massive flashing siren lights on it. I don't know about you,
0: Cole, but my computer looks just like that. It, it, it actually does. It's, the lights uh, are, are shining on my face as we speak.
1: <laughs> and all these sort of Blue fifth, triangles come out of it.
0: But nothing like, man, it's, it's not their fault. Nothing dates worse than technology, does it? And the technobabble.
1: Suboponic particles, gravitons, quarks, tau mesons. Actually, having subtitles is really useful for Pip <laughs> and Jane. Stories. But you know, uh, Davros,
0: oh. wasn't Davros doing something similar in The Stolen Earth Journey's End? He was going to disseminate everything down, wasn't he? And destroy <laughs> every particle and <laughs> atom.
1: Yes, it was definitely. I don't. I'm not sure he used the word disseminate, but um, well, he, he was have. definitely. He was definitely going to destroy every atom. He's less of a villain really, for why? not using it. Yeah. Why do people do this? What's that? Try and destroy everyone. It's mental. But, I yeah, it. I know. I said, well, that's because we're lovers mean? and not
0: haters. <laughs> I said, oh, I see. Even he's getting to do like a mad, crazy laugh now. He is loving it.
1: Oh is this insurrectionist money? yeah insurrectionist money and okay. i
0: don't know if you know is that um well i think i can see it at the end of his speech here antony Ailey goes <laughs>
1: he literally does a raspberry Does it? okay I, I don't know Maybe well, I we just... can't we can't test it now but i'll have
0: to go and hang on a on second i'm going to turn it up just for one second okay okay it's of
1: vital importance to all
0: of you Oh, it's marvellous just to hear him Marrow anyway.
1: into chaos. None of it will
0: be needed. This is like the worst Your kind of, they managed. call it on Flight for Entirety, word oh, peril, don't they? Word peril, that's the... Like, because yeah. we, we don't care about any of this that's, that he's talking about. To what the being, to invite somebody, execution. Oh, I'm really embarrassed. It was in an earlier scene.
1: Oh, was it? Well, yeah. for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you've got to hear the word peril. Summary executions. What if they don't obey the master? I think he's going down in the world because in Legopolis, he wiped out half the universe.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah, I have no clue what's happening here.
1: Oh, no, this is a, what's this, a limbo electrifier. Oh, no, electrifier. At- so, is, so, so those
0: mean. are the secrets, and this is what stops you from like a trap that stops you from getting. Hang up, on, yeah?
1: you, you keep going. I'm going to Google a limbo atrophied. Okay, well, I'll keep a talking. Limbo atrophied.
0: Man, we should have got every
1: bit of techno babble. <laughs> Google says it looks like there aren't many great matches for your search. <laughs> oh, <Pippa laughs> Jay made this shit
0: up. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So this is the the climax. the The screen is going to explode. The time timelines are in danger. Some blue blobs are going to zoom in and out.
1: Yeah. I don't think so it's, it's quite exciting. You think what I'm You think what I'm thinking is that that looks like a really intricate thing at the Pottery Museum in wherever. Um, and they and ju- they've they've just, just blown it. it. Oh, they put fire in it and stuff. But yeah. uh, no, obviously it's a uh, a sad thing. So
0: is the idea that this clunking machine behind them is all part of his modem mazer megabyte apparatus and it just
1: happens to link to the screen and yeah this is where it kind of falls falls back up. I don't know though,
0: but this bit here this kind of um, if him throwing him it, it, the Valyard appearing to die the music swelling I'm kind of on board just just on the execution. Yeah yeah
1: it's just it's um it's the, an end to an episode.
0: Look, it would not be the the first Doctor Who story to end anticlimactically, would it? No. Cool.
1: Here are BBC micro effects. Yeah. So would they oh. would they be like
0: pioneering these effects at the time? Like, would this be like a new effect that they're trying? I think
1: so. I think it was um, uh, like Quantel or something like that.
0: Because going back to season eight again, they were doing an awful lot of pioneering then as well. And I think throughout its, its life, Doctor Who has done that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Even with the planets in Thor's beta. It's, uh, um, oh, that sky again. That, <laughs> that
0: was new. Yeah. Look, all charges against you are dropped. Just like that.
1: That's fine. It's fine. It's all good.
0: So it was like, while well, he's there, she'd be like, well, in the future, I'll blow up Gallifrey and I've done this and I've done that. All charges against me are dropped. So what do you think about um, Perry's new ending? Um,
1: It's, it would have been so much more effective if either one of two things had happened. Uh, One, they left it as it was, and the Doctor is um, changed or altered or realizing the, the error of his ways. Um, for having been so reckless and that his plan on um, Thoros Beta hadn't worked or that the Matrix had been changed so much, whatever. But, um, or, right now, they get in the TARDIS and they go back and get her. I think that would have been more satisfying, actually, if they went back and got her. What
0: do you think? Well, uh, so two people that you know very well, uh, Nathan Bottomley and Pete Lambert, are on opposing ends of this argument. Okay. Nathan thinks it's utterly irresponsible to kill companions, and it should not be done under any circumstances. Pete Mm. thinks it is far better to um, tell kids about the perils, uh, you know, of potentially – you know, they're – People die, it happens. Look, what happens if you don't let people die is you get the Moffat era, and kids going, Well, if I wish <laughs> really hard, like maybe, uh, you know, they can come back to life. Where do you... So, you fall on the side of Pete there on um, the companions. Should I think be so. It's right. like
1: if, if you're going to do something that shocking to completely re- reprogram her mind, in a sense, put the Lord's kid's brain in her body,
0: um, and It's scene. such a
1: yeah. shocking end for yeah. a companion. If you're gonna do something that big and that bold stick with it if you're not then you know do a, do another ending where he rescues her um, and then she goes, do you know what uh, I've had enough now and he goes no shit I'll drop you off you know so um, it kind of really shows it shows um,
0: what's happening behind the scenes because um who is sorry Philip Martin said that JNT said Perry has to die. So that that was his order. right that was
1: his instruction
0: and yet okay. clearly this wouldn't happen at Doesn't. the end of this without jnt's permission he you know he had his stamp on the show um
1: so it is a little bit confusing but maybe it's i mean i mean maybe they just changed their mind at the end and thought well this is a bit far but it also it also adds to the whole concept that you're never quite sure what really happened and that's that's of kind Matrix
0: of right. Nice, like, like, why do we always need all the answers as well?
1: Like, have you seen Ghostlight? Exactly. Um, but... I have seen Ghostlight, and I still don't get it. And I, I'm not a, I'm a massive fan. I, I stylistically I think it's good, but I'm like, I can't be bothered to understand this.
0: You need to go and watch
1: the Blu-ray with
0: all the edited scenes put back in, um, because some of the oh, expl- oh god, okay, the explanations <laughs> are there, but they took them all out.
1: OK, oh yeah, no, I think that one is still in its wrap, actually, season 26.
0: I've, I've got one more question for you before we wrap this up. Have okay, you great. ever read or heard the Flight for Entirety interpretation of the original of Eric sword? And what did you of think?
1: I, I think they did a spectacular job. I think it's a labor of love for, for that team, to, and a brilliant idea. I think possibly it was Brendan's idea. Um, he certainly sort of did the whole Heap of it, editing work behind it, because um, uh, it just shows how bad the original version is. Well, that was kind of what um, I was asking. How, what did you think of the quality of the script? Oh, the script is just—it's nonsense. I can't even remember what happens. But my, fa- you know, there's so many highlights in their version of it, including I think Richard playing uh, glitz in the style of Kenneth Williams. I mean, it's worth it for that alone. Wasn't Nathan the uh, villain?
0: I, I think he was the villain in that, wasn't he?
1: He was the ballyard, yes. yeah. <laughs> Very good so yeah the there's
0: like a lot of stuff about circles going around in circles i know that and then it ends okay. with the doctor and the valley are tumbling into like the space-time vortex or something like that
1: yes no that is complete completely bit rubbish but they do the the team do a great job of bringing it up to life and having fun with it well okay it's... so my alternative
0: question is what do you think about this cliffhanger ending
1: of, oh, the Valiard was alive all along, ha, 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 ha. I think it's a nice add-on um, because it would have been good to have him back and to explore how he came about, which they do in the Big Finish trial of the Valyard, uh, and in The Last Adventure, the Colin Baker regeneration story, Big Finish do. Um, uh, but it, it, it's, well, it's not, it's not too, um Indeed, but it's a little bit cheap. But it's it's a nice twist. I
0: think it's end. cute. Don't you think it would have been nice if Jason had come back and, and gone up against Sylvester McCoy? Because I think that might have
1: worked. Uh, of course, yeah. Everything, yeah. There lots of things would be nice. I, I think uh, I I can't quite figure out where they would put it and stuff. But I still I still think a bit. <laughs> You could you could take all these twists and turns, and you're not sure about the matrix being right or wrong, and that's one way to leave it. Because I feel that's the cliffhanger, is the fact that you're really not sure what you if what everything you saw was real throughout. But if you kind of went, okay, we're going to kind of answer that for you, and then they like the the TARDIS that beams out for the white pillar of light at the end of Mind Warp uh, does that, and then the the TARDIS comes back right next to it with the Doctor and and maybe Mel, uh, and they come out and they um, they sort it all out. Uh, would would be uh, yeah an interesting way of ending it. But then, do you
0: think that is a satisfying ending to end like an entire season of Doctor Who? I think I know what your answer is going to be for this uh, by refusing to reveal whether the last 12 13 weeks have actually happened or
1: not i i think that's fine i think it's it's it, you leaving people thinking what was real and what not and you can go you know uh was the doctor lying to her on the on the when she's on the sea of sorrows or something like this on the, on the beach let's I hope that that was not real because that scene is horrific well there you go i <laughs> it, it could it could have been because um he's playing up for the cameras but it's a it's a particularly awful um way for the doctor to, to behave mm. <clears throat> anyway it's um uh anyway how would you have ended it if you were to end it any differently
0: uh i would have kept perry dead um which I, it's awful to say but in that kind of video nasty age and the terrible things that happened to her it almost feels like grotesquely appropriate that that's how she ended her her travels um almost and i would I would make that like a lesson to the doctor to kind of mend his ways a little bit which he does and he's not a little nicer after this um I wouldn't have had a box of flashing lights (laughs) and a load of take the babble. But I probably would have tried to assassinate all those Time Lords. I might have even succeeded as well. Um, But I I like ending on a cliffhanger, and I like the fact that he could be back. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I think that part of the ending is really, really strong. Okay, so that is the ultimate foe. Uh, Why don't you tell everybody where we're heading next?
1: We are heading next to um, uh, talk about Flatline from Series 8 of the Beta Cabal era, which some, I can't wait
0: for. Some people would say a quantum leap gulf in quality between the two. I think I
1: i think would still be right, <laughs> Even though I love Trial of a Time Lord, I think this is actually um, a, a really, really cool, a, a corker.
0: Cool Uh, Well, that just leads me to say thank you very much for coming on and offering a marvellous defence of this story. Um, But we will be back soon. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Real pleasure.